It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through right it. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We got a good one today. You know, yesterday was a lot of fun. We started out the week rocking and rolling with Flint's rock legend Mark Farner. Last Friday, we kicked off the weekend with uh, author Eve Golden talking about uh, Jane Mansfield. And today, we kick off the show with... Um, uh, another uh, another author who has uh, taken a look at uh, vintage Hollywood, if you will. Um, Stephen Michael Shearer is my guest this first hour, talking about his book, Patricia Neal, An Unquiet Life. Very, uh, very interesting conversation. And I feel so Hollywood with Jane Mansfield, Patricia Neal, and having Mark Farner on yesterday. Then later in the show, we're going to talk with, um, speaking of Hollywood, with uh, an attorney, author, motivational speaker, leader, mentor, etc., um, who uh, represented companies like Warner Brothers, MGM, Sony, and Lionsgate. And uh, he's written a book um, based on his uh, experiences called Take Charge, the Skills that Drive Professional Success. And uh, in the third half of our three-hour tour, this should be uh, pretty interesting. We're going to talk with um, 
A uh, female veteran who has, uh, is now serving as a prime resource to help heal broken relationships. She has a book called Measure Twice, Cut Once, Navigating Negativity in Toxic Relationships. And um, her name is Allison Jones. That's coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. Uh, lots uh, Lots coming up on today's show. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour has worked as a professional actor and is the author of Beautiful, The Life of Hedy Lamar, and Gloria Swanson, The Ultimate Star, as well as um, a book called uh, Patricia Neal, Un an Unquiet Life, and that book is uh, being released, or re-released rather, to tie in with a uh, film that's coming out based on the book, and here to talk about all of that is uh, the author, Stephen Michael Shearer, who joins me by phone. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, Tom. Good to be here. Um, let me let me ask first, even though this goes back a few years, um, what what prompted you to write about Patricia Neal? Well, Patricia Neal, uh, when I was growing up, I, I remembered her uh, from the day the earth stood still and, and a face in the crowd. But when I moved to New York in 1982, I was a young actor, and I did uh, a lot of waiting tables, uh, out, but I was able to do some off-broadway. Oh, imagine that, Stephen, a waiter w working tables. <laughs> Or uh, an actor working tables. That's what you did. And uh, I did a play that won some awards, a Samuel French Award. And uh, the head of the theater guild, uh, Philip Langner and his wife, brought Patricia to see the play. And that evening, um, I took her over back home to her east side apartment. We just struck up a, a good friendship, a solid friendship. She asked me one time... Uh, you know, why are you so interested in my career? And, and I told her, I said, uh, I thought I knew enough about her that I could converse with her about her career. Um, but I, I was surprised that nobody had written a biography on Patricia Neal. She had written her own autobiography in the 80s, As I Am, and uh, it stood uh, as one of the best uh, autobiographies ever written, very candid, very much in her voice. Um, when I started uh, to do the book, I hadn't intended to become a, an author. I was uh, worked in corporate in New York for about 25 years. But um, after 9-11, I had a window of opportunity about two years. Uh, where I had uh, income coming in, but I had lost 11 colleagues in the North Tower, and it affected all of us, especially in New York and around the world, uh, of course, but um, I knew I had to um, change the course of what I was doing, and uh, Pat said, are you ever going to write my biography? So I hadn't written a book before. I'd done uh, reviews that had been published and, and written this and that, articles. But um, I did my homework, and my, I, I found a publisher, University Press of Kentucky, 
and they took a chance with me, and I did Patricia Neal, An Unquiet Life. And uh, it was the first definitive, comprehensive biography. Actually, it's the only uh, biography on Patricia Neal. And it did very well. It got me a literary agent, a mainstream publisher. I had a couple of other books that were published, and I've got uh, two more coming out. But Patricia Neal, in, in hindsight, she was not only a dear and close friend the last 20 years of her life, but she also... It, well, became my muse, uh, and I have a, a great deal of respect and regard uh, for Patricia Neal. We did a lot of traveling together, and uh, we spent um, many hours discussing life. And um, so about five, six years ago, when uh, the producers in England wanted to do this film, um, I, I told them that I'd cooperate with them, but, but I always felt that I needed to protect uh, Patricia's career. She told me shortly before she passed away, when I'm gone, she said, just make sure that they, they, they do it right. And so I've, uh, res- I've kept her in regard and respect all these many years, and I intend to continue doing so. And the title of the of the motion picture that's coming out is To Olivia. It's based on your book, though. It is based on my book. Patricia married in 1950, uh, in the early 50s. She married uh, children's writer Ruald Dahl, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, yeah. James Peach, etc. Uh, they uh, had a family, and their uh, elder daughter, oldest daughter, uh, Olivia, uh, contracted contacted measles when she was seven years old mm. and died quite suddenly. Um, the part of Patricia's story dealing with the difficulties at that time within the marriage of Dahl and Patricia uh, that is the subject of the of the film. And in turn, they they shot the film as an unquiet life, and it was known uh, for that. Uh, as that for for several years during the pre-production and the filming. Uh, When it was released last month on uh, Sky Channel in the UK, uh, they did change it to to Olivia. When they do release it in the United States, once the cinemas are open, uh, it very well could go back to uh, its original title, An Unquiet Life. However, I think to Olivia is probably what it will remain. But it, it focuses on a very brief moment in the marriage of Patricia Neal and Roald Dahl when they had a couple of tragedies, including the death of their daughter, Olivia, uh, which almost destroyed their marriage and mm. their lives. But it, it's very highly dramatic, very wonderful uh, screenplay, as a matter of fact. I was insistent they show me the, the screenplay, and I told them, I said, well, a few things here are out of whack. Uh, chronologically, and um, they explained to me, and uh, because I'd acted in film before, I knew that there was dramatic license taken. Uh, I understood exactly what they were saying, and uh, we finally um, came up with a, a, a good shooting script, a wonderful shooting script. Hugh Bonneville, who played uh, on Down Abbey, uh, portrays Ruald Dahl, and actress Keely Hawes, British actress Keely Hawes, portrays Patricia Neal, wonderful Scotch actor by the name of Sam Hogan, uh, portrays Paul Newman. And it, 
it uh, is a very hard movie to watch because it does deal with the death of a child. Mm. But it, it's also a very human motion picture. People seem to look at celebrities and stars as having these perfect lives, but indeed they are oftentimes much more complicated than you or I and uh, you or me, and, and uh, their, their lives are very, very human. And uh, what was achieved in To Olivia was a very human story showing Roald Dahl and Patricia Neal possibly in, in a light that most people have never, have never seen them. Uh, the performances are brilliant, the direction is very good, the score is great, and the photography is beautiful. Uh, when it does show, it'll probably be released uh, this fall here in America. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping people will go out there because I do want to perpetuate the, the life, uh, wonderful life of Patricia Neal. Well, for people that are that are better at exploring the net than I am, it's it's out now on Sky Cinema, but right. um, it's. Uh, but you say you think it'll be uh, playing in the states this fall. I I have to ask the the title of the book, Patricia Neal, An Unquiet Life. You've also written about Hedy Lamarr and Gloria Swanson, um, and for some reason, the impression I have of of Patricia Neal, and I am familiar with not all of her work, but quite a bit of it. Um, it she doesn't strike me as being as flamboyant as a Hedy Lamarr or a Gloria Swanson. Why the title, An Unquiet Life? Well, Patricia Neal was one of America's last great dramatic actresses. Um, you can look at Kim Stanley, you can look at Julie Harris, you can name a, a list of great dramatic actresses, but that was one of the last. And uh, it's an unquiet life because in the 1960s, she had this series, she and Roald Dahl had this series of, of uh, misfortunes happened, and their, their son Theo was struck uh, in New York by a taxi cab and his pram embedded in uh, the wheel of a moving bus. He was, he was almost crushed to death when he was just an infant. Uh, Roald Dahl felt that his children were not safe in America, plus they had a national health care over in England. So the family returned to England, where they lived six months of the year, returned to England in, in uh, 1961 to live permanently. The following year, then Olivia came home from school, and within hours she, she had passed away because of measles. They didn't have gam gamma globulin uh, in England at that time, readily available uh, for uh, children. Um, after the family struggled through those two crises, and Theo did recover, after the family struggled through that, then Patricia won her Academy Award for HUD. The following year, then she had a series of um, strokes, which interrupted her career considerably at that time. So there was a series of really unfortunate things that happened. More with film biographer Stephen Michael Shearer straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs>
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with film biographer Stephen Michael Shearer, straight ahead. When I was writing the book, I called it Patricia Neal, Portrait of an Actress. The publisher wasn't too happy with that title. So as I was reading the uh, manuscript to Pat, the original manuscript to Pat uh, at the Vineyard, um, I told her that the publisher would like for me to change the title. And for many years after Pat had her remarkable recovery, and uh, returned to the screen, winning another Oscar nomination for the subject was Roses. For many years, she was at the very, very top of uh, the lists worldwide of the most admired women in the world, not only because of her remarkable um, recovery, but also because of who she was, what she represented, and um, because her career was back on track. Um, she, uh, Roald Dahl had written a, a, a speech for her, which she gave for many, many years, decades actually, uh, where she was called upon to get up in front of audiences and talk about her stroke, talk about her career, talk about her loves and her losses. Also, um, to talk uh, about herself, and her life story was called An Unquiet Life. So discussing this with Patricia back in, I guess it was 2000. Five, um, she said. She leaned across the table and put her hand on my wrist, and she said, "Well, why don't you call it Patricia Neal, an unquiet life?" You know, Ruol uh, came up with that title. So, because Ruol Dahl uh, actually called Patricia's life an unquiet life, I submitted that to the publisher, and they liked that. So, uh, it's called an unquiet life, not be- not because she, was, she herself was an unquiet person, or um, uh, she was, you know, possibly much more stable than uh, much more stable an individual uh, than you can imagine uh, being an actress. Uh, the other two ladies, though, I think the titles fit pretty well. Beautiful, the life of Hedy Lamarr. I called it beautiful because who knew a beautiful actress had the brain of Hedy Lamarr, who basically invented the nucleus of every cell phone that's around today. Gloria Swanson, the ultimate star? Well, Gloria Swanson was the ultimate star. So there's reason and thought behind these these titles that I give my books. I was um, trying to remember the quote, that the, the famous quote that Gloria Swanson is attributed with. Do you know the quote I'm trying to remember? In regard, well, she had several. Uh, in regards to what? Big screen, there small no, screen. There are no uh, small parts, only small actors or something like that. Uh, that was from Sunset Boulevard. But Gloria Swanson, uh, I haven't picked up my book in many a year, uh, but Gloria Swanson, uh, on a personal level, was, was a very sharp, very bright woman, and she had a, a, a lot of uh, statements that were repeated over and over again. If you watch Sunset Boulevard, you could possibly make a list of all the quotes that uh, are, are uh, we had faces then and, and uh, <laughs> that uh, her character uh, was uh, attributed to saying. I, I had a chance to sit an old friend down to watch uh, uh, Casablanca for the first time for him. 
and he'd been in show business all his life and every single line he was i've heard this line i've heard because of all the parodies that are done and Um, and i think sunset boulevard is that same way sunset boulevard yes people sit in the audience i mean i've seen it uh you know uh at at several revival houses and of course i you know you can watch it at any time uh, but uh, at, when you're surrounded with a huge audience and, and devoted fans, yeah, you hear that. You hear a lot of people saying the lines along with the, with the faces on the screen. Interesting thing about Casablanca: Hedy Lamar was the original choice for Ilsa in Casablanca, but uh, she was at another studio, MGM, and Louis B. Mayer would not lend her to Warner Brothers. However. Uh, Haiti and her then husband uh, John Loder, and I believe um, uh, Alan Ladd uh, did Casablanca on the Lux Radio Hour, and uh, you can actually hear what could have been with Haiti Lamar in that role. It's uh, quite a bit different than Ingrid Bergman's portrayal, but uh, she Haiti was actually the original choice uh, in that movie. And it wasn't Humphrey Bogart that was to play Rick. It was uh, George Raft, who was originally uh, scheduled to be in, uh, Rick in Casablanca. So it's funny you should mention that. Well, and and I can't help, and I, and I know I have a lot of listeners that are Blazing Saddles or fans, um, and, and it is Hedy, not Headley. <laughs> yes, yes, that was, you know, for many years. I interviewed Mel Brooks for uh, the book. And uh, I, asked, I told him, I said, you know, that hurt Haiti a great deal uh, because she had dropped out. She, her last film was in the 50s, and she had dropped out of sight for many years. There were a couple of scandals, of course. But in the early 70s, when Mel Brooks did Blazing Saddles, Saddles he, his, uh, he, he did name Harvey Corman. Headley Lamar, of course, and, and he corrected people throughout the film. So, and he, it, to a, a whole generation of young people, um, when you hear when they heard the name Hedy Lamar, uh, they giggled. They kind of snickered. Because yeah, because they been, think of it, that movie. That, yeah, because she had been made a joke. Uh, but now, because uh, in, three years before her passing in two thousand. In 1997, the, the international scientific community recognized the contribution that Hedy Lamar made to science. She had taken out a patent during uh, World War II, which lay dormant because the government didn't know what to do with it. It was about frequency hopping, uh, uh, trans, uh, transmission of uh, information. And in 1962, the government looked, re-looked at that particular patent to find a way that our ships could communicate during the Cuban Missile Crisis and started working on it. It had, it had uh, expired by then. It expired in 1959. But from that came uh, wireless communication. Uh, and, uh, again, the, the nucleus of every cell phone, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth in existence today came from Hedy Lamar's patent. So she had a brilliant mind, and surprisingly, you know, up here in Minnesota, I live in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, uh, here in Minnesota, her, she's actually, her name is actually taught in public school systems because of, of being a woman of science. I found it, it very, uh, again, with, with A.D. Lamar, 
there had not been um, a biography about her, her own autobiography, Ecstasy and Me. But uh, I, I, I wrote the first biography, and of course I delved at the very last, I delved into her second uh, legacy that she left us, and that was her scientific contribution. And she was recognized then in 1997 as having one of the most brilliant minds of the 20th century. But who knew? You're looking at one of the most beautiful women in film, and in that era, a woman was not supposed to have a mind. So I called it beautiful for the irony of it. Uh, I discussed this with her daughter, Denise, before I wrote the book, and Denise uh, said, well, you must keep the title. So I did. Yeah, that's um, that's fascinating because it it's so unusual in that day and age for a woman to make that kind of contribution, and and yet she ended up in film because maybe that was the path of lesser resistance. Well, that was a, that was you know she was an only child and terribly spoiled from wealth in in Vienna and. Uh, she began her film career over in Europe uh, during the buildup uh, of fascism in the 1930s, and because of her Jewish heritage, she left in 1937, came to America. She starred in films, but she had a very active, a very intelligent mind, and uh, like I said, in, in World War II, she came up with this patent, along with, she worked, had, had a collaborator, uh, uh, eccentric uh, musician by the name of George Antile, and they took out this patent for wireless communication, frequency hopping, she called it, but the government just didn't know what to do with it at, at that time. It was considered red hot. It did make a little splash of news in 1942, and Hedy Sebois told Louis V. Mayer at Metro, I'll go to New York, or I'll go to Washington, and I'll work for the government. I have all sorts of ideas. And he said, no, pretty lady, you just go on bond tours. And that's what a woman's position was, unfortunately. In those days, it was a very male-oriented society, and men took care of uh, inventions and wars, and uh, uh, pretty little women were to be looked at as set decoration. So uh, how frustrating that must have been. She, she had a brilliant, brilliant mind, and uh, you, you look at her films, as a former actor, you can tell that most people, the lilting Viennese accent kind of throws you when you watch Eddie Lamar in motion pictures. But if you watch her eyes, she's working, and she was a very, very fine actress, very good. She wasn't as brilliant as Patricia Neal, neither was Gloria Swanson. But uh, each one of those three ladies, Patricia, Haiti, and Gloria, each made a definite contribution to motion pictures, and that's why I write about motion pictures and people who were in motion pictures, because film is perhaps America's one true art form, and motion pictures created our society. Gloria Swanson was right there at the beginning. Uh, Hedy Lamar during the Golden Era and Patricia Neal right towards the end of the Golden Era and on to... Uh, television and uh, certainly on the stage. One reason I wanted to write about Pat was a lot of people didn't realize what a, an illustrious stage career Pat had. She was the very first individual in 1947 to be handed a Tony Award for what is considered best supporting actress in a, in a, in a play. 
Uh, then it was called Newcomer or something like that. And it wasn't even an award. It was a compact. Uh, but, but Patricia Neal was the very first recipient of a Tony Award. And she had uh, did a lot of television and a lot of great theater, not only here on Broadway, but also uh, in London's West End. She made quite an impact as well. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, that's one of the things that, that got my attention, uh, Stephen, was that you know she she won a golden globe for uh, uh a television role in in the homecoming uh which was the original he was the original mother walton in which the later became the homecoming became the tv series the walton they just never asked her if she wanted to con- to play that role um on the series but uh she did she was she did portray the uh the role of the mother in the homecoming. Now, the the miracle worker, she was not in the film. She did that on stage, right? She played the mother of of um, Helen Keller uh, on the, in the stage production. That's correct. Uh, I can't remember the actress's name. That's a sin because she was a brilliant actress. Uh, the actress who portrayed her in the in the film, Patty but Duke. Patty Duke, uh, Patty Duke, of course, and. Um, and Bancroft were uh, Annie Sullivan and Helen Keller in both the stage and the film version. Well, the the other thing that I noticed that was interesting was Patricia Neal's marriage to uh, Roald Dahl. Mm-hmm. That was a lengthy marriage. Had either of them? Did either of them have other marriages ever? Well, yes. Um, that uh, Ruel Dahl was the only husband Patricia had. They were married in 1953 and divorced 30 years later, almost to the same same day. Uh, they were divorced in 1983. Ruel Dahl later married um, uh, Felic- his wife Felicity, and during that marriage was possibly the most creative period of his life. Uh, he was very. Um, busy writing uh, children's stories, uh, etc. But, yeah, they had, uh, she, Patricia never remarried, uh, but they had uh, wed in 1953. Patricia had come to New York after her first foray into Hollywood um, did not pan out. She made some really brilliant films at that time, uh, The Fountainhead with Gary Cooper and uh, The Day the Year Stood Still, uh, and... Uh, some personally favorite films of mine, Three Secrets and a and, uh, 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 hidden masterpiece, uh, Michael Curtiz's The Breaking Point with John Garfield. Those films in, in 1949, 1951 uh, are just, they're, they're wonderful films of that era. And um, but she had an affair with Gary Cooper, and uh, it did not work out, and she came back to New York to reestablish herself in theater, and she did with the Children's Hour, uh, Lillian Hellman's the, uh, revival of the Children's Hour, and that's when she met Ruel Dahl, and um, they married, and they had uh, Olivia and then Tessa, and then uh, Patricia said on opening night, of the miracle worker on Broadway, she became pregnant with Theo, and uh, then um, in 19, 
1964, she had, uh, they had Ophelia, and uh, Patricia was pregnant when she had her strokes, and they protected her with a lead apron as they took x-rays to find out how much damage was done. And uh, later that year, then, she had their last child, Lucy, perfectly normal little baby. Everything turned out well. Uh, but um, that series of tragedies interrupted uh, their marriage, interrupted their careers, both their careers. But I think it was just strength of will and talent and ability. Um, they were both able to uh, pull their marriage back together and uh, also to both be independently creative and successful in their, in their given fields. So, uh, but uh, things, you know, it's all in the book. Uh, things uh, evolved where their marriage eventually fell apart, uh, and they divorced in '83. You know, I had uh, completely forgotten, although it's one of my favorite movies, that Patricia Neal was in the uh, Day the Earth Stood Still. How did that movie do when it was uh, released? Because I always think of that as somewhat of a cult classic. It is a classic. It is a classic film because it was one of the very first uh, big studio uh, attempts at science fiction uh, with a good budget and everything, and 20th Century Fox put it out. And it was directed by Robert Wise. Robert Wise, don't forget, did The Sound of Music and uh, a dozen other terrific films. But Robert Wise, and I was able to interview him for the book as well, uh, directed Pat in the day of the year stood still, and it was uh, a, a studio production that they wanted to do. It was during uh, the very beginning of the Cold War, so there is a lot of uh, allusions to fear and what was going on in the country and rumor and and gossip and whatever. But um, Patricia always used to say, and she used to talk about it a great deal in her speeches as well used to talk about how she and Michael Rennie, who played the alien, she and Michael Rennie found it very, very difficult to say some of the lines because uh, they, you know, they were so preposterous, but being the fine actors that they were, and under the leadership of Robert Wise, they said them dead serious. I, and I'll tell you a, a, a personal story, Tom. Yeah. Back in 1961, there used to be a television show called uh, Saturday Night at the Movies. And my whole family, we lived in, up north in Michigan, and my whole family would gather around every Saturday night in the living room. All the lights in the house would go off, and we'd have that black and white TV just to go in there, and we'd watch these great 20th Century Fox movies. I remember in October of 1961, I was eight, nine years old, um, I remember sitting on the floor watching The Day the Earth Stood Still, I was a savvy kid. I think I, well, I didn't write about it in the book, but I was, I was pretty smart. I knew what acting was and everything. But in the dark, the whole family sitting around and with that eerie music and, and, and everything, we were, we were scared. And I remember thinking, well, I know this is an actress. This is a movie. There's a commercial coming up, this, that, and the other. But I watched Patricia Neal, didn't know who she was at that time, but I watched her and I thought to myself, I want to be an actor because if I can move people 
the way she is scaring the bananas out of us right now. <laughs> because she she was the mother of a child and, you know, reacting as any human being would to circumstances, if circumstances were, were like that. Um, I just remember thinking, I wish I could have that much control over an audience. And I was just a kid. Segway to... When I was that I met Pat in the early '90s or something like 1990 or something like that, um, I remember telling her that story, and I said I realized then because I did my study and in, 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 at university, etc., and I acted on the stage and in front of a camera. I thought to myself, I know what I might not have been a good actor, but I sure know what it takes, and uh, I can see good acting when I see it. And I told her, I said. You, you're a powerful uh, actor, and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I just felt like a lot of people needed to be reminded of that. So when I wrote the book, as I've done in all my books since, uh, I've always focused on on what the actor has done, and and tried to encourage the reader to look at these films, look at this work that's left behind. Um, I never got to see Pat perform at her peak uh, on the stage. However, I had seen her perform towards towards the end of her life, uh, and I actually worked in her last film, uh, Flying By, with Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, it shows up on Hallmark once in a while. Uh, I, 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 I watch her process, but I ask a lot of people, both here and abroad, when I was writing that book, uh, I ask a lot of people who knew her then, what was she like before her illness? What was she like as a performer? I had viewed uh, these old kinetoscopes and uh, old uh, things at UCLA and USC, the uh, live television broadcasts of these dramas during the 50s. You never see them. They're not commercially shown now. You can see them in archives and, 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 and that kind of stuff. But that was live, and I was watching Patricia perform live. She's immensely powerful. More with film biographer Stephen Michael Shearer. Magical place 
with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hi this is joe by from the blue lions and you're listening to the tom sumner program while we've been staying safe at home scientists have been on a journey the destination a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zondrick. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. 
We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Summer Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with film biographer Stephen Michael Shearer, straight ahead. I interviewed Tony Randall for the book. Uh, They had done a Playhouse 90 together, and there was a trip up. There was a mistake made uh, during uh, the, the broadcast, and the whole cast picked up on it very quickly, and they all adjusted to that mistake, and it was actually a mistake that Patricia made. Her best friend was Mildred um, Dunnick, and they were performing this scene together. Mildred was her mother, and it, it was very, very tense, and it's done live. You don't have retakes in live TV, and uh, Pat looked at her, and she said, well, listen, Millie, and uh, Tony Randall and the other actors in that particular broadcast, then they they came on and started calling their mother Millie, as if that was common to call, you know, call your mother by her first name. But <laughs> that's how they covered. And I, and I interviewed Tony Randall about that, and I said, Tony, I noticed this mistake that was made. And everybody did the blah, blah, blah. And Tony said, well, I'll tell you this, son. I'm a working actor, and I, can, I cannot tell you a thing about that particular. It was called The Playroom on Playhouse 90. I can't tell you about that particular performance. I can tell you everything uh, about Patricia Neal, meeting her, working with her, etc., but I couldn't tell you. But he said, you're absolutely right. If there was a mistake done on live television, uh, all the other actors had to scramble. And it's brilliant to watch that type of, of performance, but also to watch how Patricia performed. She was e- extremely intense. She did one... Uh, particular broadcast uh, of a Strindberg play where her character had not one word of dialogue, but you couldn't take your eyes off her because she was reacting to this. It was a two, it was a two actor uh, play and the other actress um, was, had all the dialogue or monologue. And uh, it was interesting to watch Patricia steal the scene, how she was able to, not deliberately, but, but because she was so intense and fine an actress. That was live performance. That was the only opportunity my generation ever got to see Patricia Neal uh, were in these old kin- uh, kinetoscopes. And um, I, I feel that somehow people need to remember who this woman was because her performances, you know, helped us, created, uh, helped us uh, create our own uh, societies, you know, so I'm rambling here. No, no, this is, uh, this is fascinating. I, I love old movies and I love stories about actors and actresses uh, from the golden age of radio and television and film. And and so this is a real delight, but I, I, I can't believe how fast the time is going, Stephen, and we are going to have to wrap it up. But I want to ask, um, what now for Stephen? Are, are there more books in the works? Actually, there are. I have a, a beautiful coffee table book. It's the first time I've done a photo book. 
um, publisher approached me about doing a book on Hedy Lamarr. It's called Glamour and Style, The Beauty of Hedy Lamarr, Lions Press. It'll be out this fall. Um, it's a photo book, um, and it, uh, the title says it all, Glamour and Style. It's, I've already done the biography on Hedy Lamarr. There is biography in the book, of course. Uh, it's not as co- uh, comprehensive as, as beautiful, but Glamour and Style is a large format coffee table book. will be out this fall, and I'm working on a very comprehensive and definitive uh, biography. Um, I'm not supposed to tell you the title, but uh, the, the biography uh, is about one of the Barrymores, and mm. it will be out uh, next fall of 2022. Uh, I'm still working on the manuscript and then finishing it up by July. Uh, it's um, it's it's quite uh, quite an interesting. I think when writing biography, the 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 uh, author uh, it's an education. You have all these millions of pieces of the puzzle, and you think you know after X amount of years of of uh, gleaning this material and you start piecing it together chronologically you think you know the story but then you don't and uh, <laughs> you find out uh, about halfway and i'm there now with this book on on this particular barrymore i'm there now i'm li- i'm hearing the voice of this this uh person and i'm beginning now to feel uh the compassion uh i remember when i started Hetty the mar uh Robert Redford's daughter was at that time about to produce a film about Hedy Lamarr. Uh, It fell through, but she contacted me and she said, have you found the voice of Hedy Lamarr? And I lied through my teeth. I said, oh, yes, I've heard. I hadn't. Uh, (laughs) And when I started Hedy Lamarr, I thought, or when I started Beautiful, I thought this, she had a lot of litigation in her life and a lot of darkness, uh, especially toward the end. And I thought, I'm not for sure if I want to do this book or not, because it's definitely not Patricia Neal. But at the 11th hour, I was putting the book together, and um, I was my father was failing at that time. And, you know, you can't let your emotions come into play. You have to be objective and, and not be editorializing uh, when you write. But uh, my emotions were, were out there, and I started hearing Eddie Lamar's voice. I started feeling compassion. And at the 11th hour before I sent the final manuscript into the publisher, Macmillan, um, I reworked several of the chapters very quickly because I thought this is what I feel I need to do. And um, I felt the same thing with Gloria Swanson. I didn't like her when I started the book. I loved her when I finished when I started this book on this Barrymore, I thought, well, I, there's a lot of darkness here. But I'm feeling and uh, I'm understanding the person now a lot more. And um, so anyway, it's a, it's a wonderful process. I love what I do. I love writing bio- film biography. I love the glamour of Hollywood and all that. But also I love the fact that, that it made us, made me who I am today, made us who we are today our society, and um, so I, I, love, I love doing what I do. Well, Stephen, we got to wrap it up there, but uh, thanks so much for spending this time with me, and I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? I do have a website. It's um, 
What is my website? Uh, it's if you if you go on Google Stephen Michael Share, it'll come up my webpage, and um, I think it's oh I know what it is. It's S M S My Books dot com. I think it is. You know, I never go to it. I, mean, <laughs> I, have, I have someone who who works it for me, who does sure. it for me. But uh, if you if you write Stephen Michael Share, uh, Google that. Uh, it's the first thing there. Just click on that, and it comes up. And it, they keep it up to date as well. Uh, it's pretty up to date with what's going on. But um, all three of the books are out there. Uh, Patricia Neal. Uh, we're about to do an audio book uh, on Patricia Neal. There's an audio book on uh, Beautiful already, and uh, I think that's. Uh, I think I've covered all bases there. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Stephen, and. Uh and and keep up the good work. Well, Tom, I appreciate this opportunity. I, I thank you very much. I've enjoyed this. Thank you. All right. Take care. Uh-huh. It was uh, Stephen Michael Shearer, who has worked as a professional actor, but uh, is now the author of some tremendous biographies, including uh, the one we were talking about today, Patricia Neal, An Unquiet Life. He's also... Uh, the author of Beautiful, The Life of Hedy Lamar, and uh, Gloria Swanson, The Ultimate Star. He's written for a number of other places as well. But with that, we're going to uh, take a break, and we'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. <music> For a while, so I'll be staying here inside. It's too dangerous out in the world. I'll see you on the other side when I'm in my quarantine. In my little place, too high. My heart is aching and I'm missing you. I'll see you on the other side. Fro 
trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. <laughs>